Harrison Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We're out at the Charlotte Auto Show. It began at 12 o'clock. It's going to be lasting until 9 p.m. today out at the Charlotte Convention Center. You can also catch it Saturday, 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. Sunday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. It's engine it's uh, revving its engine for the 29th year here at the Charlotte Convention Center too. So very cool. Remember, Hero Day gives you free entry with ID on. Uh, November 17th, which is today, changing up the read, to those who have gone above and beyond to honor and serve. That includes the medical community, teachers, first responders, active military, and veterans. And i got to tell you, the display is really incredible. It's not that I'm not the biggest car guy. It's mm-hmm. just that I don't really know what I'm talking about. But I look at all of these cars, and I still understand just how crazy. Like the Maseratis, the Lamborghinis, the Ferraris. I mean, yeah, you can even throw the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile in there. Like, that's all good. And I know we've talked about this where you really wanted to take your kid out here, but he wasn't able to come. Mm-hmm. So I ask you, too, if there was a reasonable first car that he requested. Yeah. Like, is there something within reason he might actually get when he gets the driver's license? I was asking you, a father, that question. Also, another dad with an earshot of hearing me ask that. It was Colin yeah. laughing, shaking his head. He already knew the answer. The answer was no. Yeah. What are the cars that he's requested that he felt like it was a reasonable request at so the time? So he's a requesting. He's a really big kid. He's in like the 99th percentile for his height. So he'll ask cars when you talk about on the reasonable side that are going to be too small for him. Like he'll bring up like some of the, you know, the Hondas and stuff that they race that are like hatchbacks yeah. almost. <laughs> he'll say those, and I'm like, Bryce, you're going to be too big. It's a them. real thing to try to fit in cars man. Yeah. I mean, so my dad, I mean, he looked at this. He was trying to do the whole Mercedes thing one time. Mm-hmm. So he looked at one, couldn't fit in it. Yeah. I mean, wanted it, but could not. And he's taller than I am. Yeah. You and I are like, you know, 6'4 and taller. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a real thing. And if your son is going to be 6'4, it's a real thing. Yeah, and consider. he might be, he's probably going to be taller than that. And so then he talks about supercars. He's like, well, I want a Ferrari. Or I want a Pagani. Like, he'll bring up cars I never even heard of before. <laughs> but that's the thing, too. You know, for these NBA guys or Guys, like, am I sending up six, 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 seven, six, eight? That's a thing that you have to pay a little bit of extra money to get that thing customized so you can fit because these supercars are not built for tall guys like I, that either. I had the chance to sit in a Mercedes-Benz G-Wagon one time. Okay. okay. You know, those real boxy I Mercedes. Love those. They yes. look awesome. Yes. I couldn't fit. I, I it is it's a true wow. story. I tried to fit into the driver's seat yeah. and I, I brought the seat all the way back and my knees were up at my ears and I looked like the tall dude in the Simpsons that <laughs> Nelson was making fun of. Now if you got a free one though, you still make it work. I right? would make it work like hell. <laughs> right now. I'm not a I'm not a huge car guy, but then I start to discover that I am because I've traded out cars probably three times in the last few years. And I have cars that I do like, and I do enjoy cars. And, I mean, it is something special when you walk in here and see some of these supercars, the Porsches and Lamborghinis, at least in my opinion. When you see those, man, it's like seeing a, a beautiful woman. Like, it's like, man, you, you don't see it often when you see these cars. They stand out, especially in a city like Charlotte. Like, when we went to Miami, I mean, quick, but when we went to Miami, we saw at least, like, I know LaMelo from doing Hornets and stuff and going in through the garage. LaMelo had a Lamborghini truck, and he probably had the yeah. flashiest cars of the Hornets. Well, I mean, that thing is blind, He had too. the metallic Ferrari and stuff. We go to Miami, I see nine, we counted at least 13 Lamborghini trucks in the four days that we were there. So that's what I'm saying. In a city like Charlotte, especially, exotic cars stick out. I remember playing Midnight Club Dub Edition on the PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. And ever since I played that, 
I've always wanted an Escalade. I don't know if it's just the status. I don't know, but that's always what I wanted. That was the dream car, and it's certainly not within the near future Early for 2000s, me. Early 2000s, that was big, big I mean, dog car. I, right there. I, it, was, it was a big dog car, yeah. especially when you would have the footstep come out. Check you know, it the, out, TVs abs, in the head. Abs, I mean, uh, so, and then so we got to the <laughs> Pimp My Ride era yes. where I was absolutely one then that wanted the popcorn machine, that wanted the projector. 28-inch ram. Now I'll just settle for the Escalade without all that stuff. Right, right. Because you know, now it's a little corny. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. if Exhibit did his best to sell me on that stuff, yeah. now I'll just take all of it without the popcorn machine. <laughs> um, you can feel free to tell us how you would pimp your ride out at 704-570-9610. Somebody wrote in, Julius Peppers drives a G-Wagon, doesn't he? I don't know. I, he, yeah, he did. I remember when he was here, he, he did. Um, I, I'll tell you this, random name for you. Saw driving out of the Spectrum Center one time driving a G-Wagon, Marco Bellinelli. Marco Bellinelli driving the well, G-Wagon. see, but those guys, they have the money yes. to get those things customized. So if they don't have the room, they can just politely go tell them, hey, I need a little bit <laughs> Politely, yeah, politely or just throwing money. It doesn't matter. <laughs> they can find a way. The Carolina Panthers, they're going to be taking on what seems like a Lamborghini, too, with the quarterback Ooh, position with Lamar Jackson. fire with the transitions <laughs> today. I, I'm trying. It's called being extra and trying too hard, but I'm embracing it. So, yes, the Lamborghini, Lamborghini Lamar, as they call Ooh, it. I was about to say that, too. Lambo Lamar. <laughs> we, we need to get it in the works, but he's yeah. playing for Baltimore. He's playing at still a high level, even if I don't think he's going to be in the MVP. MVP conversation, he still is an extremely dangerous quarterback. In fact, if you go to the top five MVP candidates, I don't think he's going to get it over even a Tua, who's having a breakout year. Yeah. I don't think he's going to get it over a Josh Allen, depending on how much this continues to uh, fall off the cliff for mm -hmm. Buffalo. Jalen Hurts, Pat Mahomes, but Lamar on this ESPN article still listed at a top five spot. And so the write-up is injuries to Baltimore skill players have caused Jackson's passing numbers to dip since week seven. Remember, Rashad Bateman mm -hmm. no longer playing for Baltimore because of that injury. But it is the middle of a contract year. Jackson has the Ravens atop the AFC North with a 6-3 and three record. While his passing numbers aren't necessarily that great, his yards per attempt are at a 6.9 right now. And they are nowhere near where um, they need to be him to capture the MVP. But still, at 6.9, the number per the yards per Gary, still impressive for a quarterback right now and what he's doing on the ground. So, still very dangerous. Brian Burns is going to have to keep him in the pocket. You can't allow him to break the big run outside. I think this is where Derek Brown can come huge for them here, Wes. I think that's the guy you're pointing to and say, okay, can you, not, can you, can you force him to leave the pocket before he wants to? And can Brian Burns be there to collect whatever Lamar is trying to do because of the Derrick Brown pressure. I think that's what I'm looking at right now. Well, not only that, and we've talked about the Panthers and penalties and things like that and leading the league coming into last week's game. Why do I bring that up, Wes, you might ask? <laughs> and I will tell you that it speaks to the discipline of the football team. Well, why do you say that, Wes? Because you have to be disciplined this week, especially on the edges. Brian Burns, Gross Matos have to be disciplined on the edges because if you do not keep contained on Lamar Jackson, it is going to be a wrap. And that is the most important thing that you can do when playing against a quarterback that has elite rushing ability is you have to keep those edges protected. You can't get excited and think that if I do my dope spin move that worked in practice this week and pass rush drill, I'm going to get the sack. This is a different beast. You spin inside and give up that edge, well, Lamar's going to be running down the sideline for a 30-yard gain. He's just that dangerous. And then they're going to have to keep a spy on him. So that's why everybody that's rushing up front, front 
I'm sure you guys have heard the NFL guys come on here and talk about the must rush and where you're not just getting up the field too much. And that's what you have to do uh, against Lambeau Lamar. Else he's going to put those shades on, turn on that turbo, and be gone. I'm glad that we made that a thing. AC wrote yes. in that a dang Escalade now costs more than my first house. And KC Steve wrote in, Walker would definitely have a fish tank in his Escalade if that ever gets that <laughs> level. You're damn right I would. And I think there was a uh, uh, yes. definitely was a fish tank or two on Pimp My Ride. I, I think there was. I don't yeah. know if I would have the heart to do it. I would want to get them something a little more stable at the same time. Look at you, man. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm Captain Planet. I'm <laughs> that's going to be your nickname. No, don't. I've got some, Captain you know, Planet was fire. Yeah, but you know what? I don't even. That's a real guy. Oh, see, I say stuff sometimes, like I said, and I know I'm not an old guy, but I say stuff sometimes, and I, and I forget how old you guys are. Yes, Wait. Captain Planet was Oh, dope. no, no, no. I yes, promise Captain I can say I'm not just Planet. saying this. I remember him. He's a hero. Fiddy, do you remember Captain Planet? Do you, do you Did you know that no, that was actually 26. a thing? Yeah, no, I have no idea what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, he's 26. Absolutely right, So not. Captain Planet and the Planeteers. Yeah, man, I used to watch that every weekend. Captain Planet was dope. It was a little cheesy, but it was dope, though. <laughs> I mean, it looks... He protected the environment. It, <laughs> we need Captain Planet now with all the stuff we got going on. I mean, you're, you're right. I like I like that. Robbie Dangerously. I, this, I mean, I don't know why. Oh, it's going to fire up the text line. Well, he said Captain Planet was on fleek. So, yeah, he was a big fan of uh, Captain Planet. Yeah. So you can feel free to share your thoughts on the Garage Door Guru text <laughs> line about Captain Planet, 704-570-9610. Let's hear Steve Wilkes' thoughts on Lamar Jackson as well. Here's what he had to say about the quarterback for Baltimore. I think he's gotten comfortable in the system. You know, Greg uh, Roman has been there for a while, so they work well together. And you can see he's just dynamic, you know, when he gets the ball in his hand. So he's plays with a lot of confidence, you know. He's talking about a guy that came off of being the uh, league's MVP, so definitely a weapon. Now, I do wonder about the contract year type of thing with Lamar because, as you heard Steve say there, the whole team, the whole offense is built around Lamar Jackson. Uh-huh. It's what they've done to succeed. And I think that, honestly, you sh the coaching staff deserves a lot of credit for that. When they switched from Joe Flacco to Lamar, they wasted no time in using what are his best attributes to win. And they went like 7-1 and one the last eight games that Lamar played his rookie year. And then we know how much they've gone to the playoffs ever since. Now, mm -hmm. you haven't seen a whole lot of playoff success from them. That's the next step for Lamar to reach in his career. But it's really dangerous in the regular season, at least. It's why he's the number one coveted free agent right now. Has not agreed to a contract. If you look at whether he'll sign in Baltimore again, Mike Tannenbaum of ESPN said this, Baltimore will do all that it can to keep him, even if that means using the franchise tag, who will be entering his sixth season, will Lamar, in 2023. The situation got Slightly more complicated when the Ravens acquired Roquan Smith, another pending free agent, who they will also want to re-sign. I do think that, especially with Lamar, having this mantra of yesterday's price is not today's price, mm -hmm. there's still a lot of football left for Lamar to maybe legitimately enter a top three campaign for the MVP race. And it could start against Carolina with their struggle stopping the run. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. This is a defense, as I said, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, nobody fears them, I would say, especially not a guy of Lamar Jackson's ilk. And so if this guy was to hit free agency, oh, man, I mean, there's no way Baltimore lets him get out of there first and foremost. They would use the franchise tag before they do that. But this is one of the NFL's elite players. He plays the premier position in the league and he's different than pretty much any other guy that plays the position people want to dog his passing uh, and that's 
always the main drawback with him, but he finds a way. And especially when he gets in rhythms in games, you can forget about it. Well, when the Lamar, deep ball from him, too. Yeah, when Lamar's hitting passes and he gets into a rhythm as a passer, there's absolutely zero that you can do to stop this guy. He's one of the NFL's best players. There's no doubt about it. And that's why Baltimore will not let him get out of there. <laughs> 704 number wrote about Captain Planet Hart. One of the powers was Hart. The hell are we supposed to do with that? <laughs> That's Captain Planet. The heart spread in love. Yeah, but somebody else, Big Cat Dan wrote in, Captain Planet was fire. Brian wrote in, he hasn't heard of Captain Planet in years. Right. Multiple E's. And then DJ Skinner <laughs> taking a shot at me saying, bro, poor young bucks, zero range, Wes. Then he said, oh, good things about the show. We really appreciate that from yeah. DJ Skinner. Now, here's the thing. 704 number also wrote in, Carolina needs Lamar Jackson. I'd love to be in the Lamar oh, Jackson sweepstakes, I mean, but it's not going to happen. Yeah, that'd be tremendous. As I said, Baltimore, no way they're letting a young guy like that that's one of the best at the position you need to have. There's no way they let this guy go. So, so that's just wishful thinking. So if they beat Baltimore, mm-hmm. you mentioned this at the top of the show. All it means is that they got a victory, which is nice. It's what you're supposed to do in the NFL. Yes. With all the tank talk, especially surrounding the Hornets after LaMelo Ball's injury, it is nice to get a victory, and that ultimately is the goal. But you do think it kind of stops there. It doesn't mean we need to be talking about this as a playoff team. It doesn't mean that we need to be talking about this team as a division winner in your eyes. You think it's just another nice victory, kind of like what happened with Tampa, but they always could have another Cincinnati performance on the horizon. Well, no doubt. And that's the thing about a team like this, as we we talk about your record is what it says and when you have the record the Carolina Panthers have that means that you are not dependable uh, that means you lose more than you win so that we can count on you to probably uh, have some type of mishap somewhere mm-hmm. down the line and as I said with Tampa Bay that's the key ingredient in all of this is yeah, that Tampa right. Bay is starting to wake up and look like the Buccaneers maybe not quite the ones that won the Super Bowl but they just look like the team that has Tom Brady on it to put it in layman's terms a team that we can expect to go out and win more than they lose and I think they take control of this division and you better believe that when they play the Panthers again my guy is going to remember what happened here a few weeks ago. He's just petty like that. That's one of the reasons I like him. So for the Panthers, I think it's just a very uh, uphill battle going forward. So if you beat Baltimore, it's a nice win. But in the grand scheme of things, it's just a victory. Yeah, and, and you mentioned Tampa Bay. The fact that they're 5-5, five and five, they look better in recent weeks. They still have Tom Brady. They still have enough talent to where it's not like I think they're going to you know, finish – Eight no the rest of the way. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I do think that Tampa probably does have control of the division right now. Five and five. Falcons yeah. four and six. Panthers three and seven. So if if they had lost another game or two after Carolina, maybe we can have that conversation simply because nobody else is dependable. Right. Even if Carolina's not, I, I think Tampa is more dependable at this point in time. We're going to take a quick break. We're out here at the Charlotte Auto Show, and when we come back, we will discuss the news, the latest on Lamelo Ball. There was an X-ray. We'll tell you exactly how that turned out. Coming up next on the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.
Wesson Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ out at the Charlotte Auto Show, the Charlotte Convention Center. If you want to come out, you can do so right now. And if you want to come out a little later, that's fine, too. Not only is it today, it's also tomorrow from 12 to 9. You can come Saturday from 10 to 9, so a little bit of a wider window. And then on Sunday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. here out at the Charlotte Auto Show at the Charlotte Convention Center. Did want to get to that update from Rod Boone of the Charlotte Observer, who was out of practice earlier today, and he said that Steve Clifford mentioned to the media Lamella was in the building, but he did not practice, and he will not play tomorrow night against Cleveland. Quote, Steve said, we'll be without him here. I don't think we have any idea how long. So here we go again. The last thing Rod did say is that Lamelo had an x-ray after the game last night. It did come back negative. So good news that it was negative, Wes. The problem is we had no clue how much time he was going to miss after the grade two ankle sprain that kept him out for about a month. And that happened against Washington in the preseason. So if you look at the Hornets' schedule right now, okay, they play Friday. Lamelo's already out tomorrow against Cleveland. You hit the road again. You face Washington. That's going to happen on Sunday. I'm going to guess that he doesn't play Washington. The nice thing there, though, is that you have a couple days rest, right? So you only have one day's rest in between Cleveland and Washington. You do have Monday and Tuesday without playing a game. You come back home. You face Philly Wednesday, November 23rd. If it's not crazy serious, then maybe you can have a week's worth of rest. You play Philly at home. That might be a time to kind of pinpoint and say, maybe this is when we get LaMelo back. After that, just to kind of go a few more games into the future, Minnesota Friday, November 25th. Boston on the road, November 28th, a Monday, and then they don't play for a while after that. That's the next time I think you're looking at. So Monday, November 28th against Boston, Friday, December 2nd against Washington. Wes, I think that's that might be the one. If you miss a couple weeks and we start getting a little antsy, you are going to have a big break in between that Boston and Washington game, November 28th through December 2nd. What do you make of the news reported by Rod Boone? Yeah, I thought that uh, when this came out and when it happened yesterday, I said, well, maybe, you know, this will be something where he just reaggravated it and they're going to give it a little bit of time uh, to come back. It seems like that's the direction that we're heading. And I think your prognosis, Dr. Mel, mm-hmm. uh, may just be on point right there. I think maybe a week to 10 days probably to get that thing back to normal again. That's the tricky part about ankles, man. It's just when you think you have it together, you do something to re-aggravate it like he did last night. And it begs the question, Walker, and I asked you this uh, before the show. Do fans sit too close to the court? (laughs) I feel for that guy. I mean, we see guys hustle and go out of bounds and jump and dive over people and dive into people and things like that. Do fans sit a little bit too close? I think we have this conversation more so for the interaction, not necessarily the injuries. Usually when we have that. Yeah, when we have the convo, I oftentimes go to Russell Westbrook and I think about some of the other times where Russell Westbrook was speaking back to the fans and then there were some times where that was Westbrook's fault, but also we got enticed and so you have to delve out the responsibility to the fans that think they can just say whatever they want. Look, in all reality, I don't think that the fan is really at fault. I wish he would have done a little something else. (laughs) I wish he would have moved. It felt like he was surprised that Lamella was coming at him with the basketball coming right at him. I don't know what he could have done. But at the same time, 
I, it's it's not that it's it's not that it's his fault. Maybe you could push it back a little bit further. But what's crazy is I was looking at courtside seats last night when when this happened, and I was looking at the one for the Philly game just to see the next home game after this one against the Pacers. Man, the only one I found, at least the website I used, was nine hundred dollars. And so you have to pay a pretty penny oh, just to sure. be out there and having a good time, and then eventually you somewhat become a part of the game. Like, you're, you're at least close enough to where there's a potential for you to become a part of the game. Keep your head on a swivel. Like, it, it's funny how the Charlotte Hornets have had close fans interfere with the game a few times or at least become pop, famous. Not popular, but famous, right? I can think of three examples. One, last night, we're always going to remember the time that LaMelo stepped on a fan's foot. Two, you remember the Gerald Henderson errant pass? You remember that, right? Gerald Henderson I would have to see it. threw the basketball into the stands, hit a, hit a lady looking at her phone, and it hit her right in the face, and the glasses fall off, and the face, the slow motion, that is a popular GIF or video that circulated <laughs> on Twitter. So I remember that one. And the other one, of course, we all remember Purple Shirt Guy, who was mixing it up with Dwayne Wade, had the green bandana, and Dwayne, Wayne, or Dwayne Wade absolutely took it to the Charlotte Hornets in a crucial playoff game. Eventually, the Heat would go on to win. Purple Shirt Guy is the most infamous of all. So, you know what? Actually, let me give you a definitive answer. For the Charlotte Hornets, yes. The fans <laughs> are too close because we don't get anything good when the fans are involved with any type of Hornets game. Right. You just went through several memories that <laughs> were did. not flattering. I do think the fans should be, you know, having their feet on the court and being so close to where the players have to run off to the side. You're immediately going to greet a fan. I think they should be a little bit further back where the players have a little bit of wiggle room. So if they have to chase a loose ball or something has to happen, that they have a little bit of space. Uh, and not to blame the fan. You know, he paid his money uh, last night to sit there. And who would have ever known that what happened last night would happen? But that was just an interesting question I had in my mind yeah. because I think about other sports how far they are away or even you know you look at like the final four and granted they're playing it in football stadiums but you look at the fans they're decent distance from the court so that guys have room to operate so that was interesting but as I said I think the news was probably about as good as you could ex uh, not maybe expect but is that you could hope for to still be able to see LaMelo play basketball this year. So you had this question about you had this question about whether the negative x-ray or if there's not something more severe, mm -hmm. whether that would change the outlook on tanking or not. Whether that would change the outlook on trading Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward and trying to get back assets in return. The problem with the Hornets right now is that this has already happened with a previous injury to LaMelo that caused them to go 4 and 12. So Time is running out for the Hornets to gain enough ground to reach a play-in spot, to possi possibly reach even a playoff spot, which was the idea when they fired James Borrego and they won 43 games. And I was not nearly as mad as everybody else when they fired James Borrego. I saw arguments for it. I saw arguments against it. I was definitely sitting the fence on that one. I was not giving you some kind of hot take special. I understood both ways. You got blown out in the play-in game a couple times. I expected a couple of things to happen differently, but whatever. The idea for the Hornets was to win and go to a different level when they fired James Borrego. LaMelo Ball, how much was he going to improve? Could he get to a perennial all-star or all-NBA level? P.J. Washington, could he make a step up? At the time, could Miles Bridges become an all-star because he yes. flirted with that appearance last year but didn't quite get it? Terry Rozier. 
could you not rely on Gordon Hayward as much to be healthy, be able to stomach the 50 games that he's inevitably going to miss? Could all of that work out to the Hornets' favor where they improve just like all these other Eastern Conference teams? And then everything happens. And then Miles Bridges is arrested for felony domestic violence. James Booknight doesn't improve. Kai Jones still isn't ready. Mark Williams, the draft pick that you made in the first round, he's playing in Greensboro because he's just not physically ready at the moment. So many different things have happened poorly. And then, of course, the exclamation point in what is not any kind of notion of excitement, it's the fact that all these injuries happen. So the flip for Hornets fans, I think for me, it's just too hard to come back from right now Let's try to figure out a way to get one of the crazy talented guys in the NBA draft and get some first-round picks in return so you have some tools in the tool shed to work with. Because right now, I mean, the tools with Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward, I don't think that's going to do a whole lot of work for you. And the thing that we were talking about uh, at the top of the show as far as building the team and pick by pick and hitting on guys, to go back and give the Hornets a little bit of credit, I felt like they were on that path last season because the linchpin in all this was Miles getting in trouble. It was looking like that he was going to be the guy with LaMelo that were going to be for sure your two cornerstones until you added that third guy. But we felt that we had that in a combination of Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward. They were going to combine be that third guy to go with Miles and LaMelo that were going to be your cornerstones. And then this happens, he's gone. So that made everything else uh, go up in smoke. And then... Uh, the subsequent moves after that, nothing happened with trades. And then you start to talk about the development or lack thereof of James Booknight. Mark Williams not panning out so far. I don't care what they say about having him having to go to Greensboro and it being a great thing. When you have your first-round pick, a guy that you thought was going to help you with the biggest bugaboo that you had that was protecting the rim and he's playing in Greensboro on a nightly basis, that's not what you want with your lottery pick. So I think all of that, you mix it in a pot and we are uh, where we are at this point. 980 number road in the Garage Door Guru text line, 704-570-9610. Somebody wrote in, what if Mello had stepped on DJ College's uh, College shoe pillow? Which, I don't even know what that is. What's the shoe pillow? I don't know what it is. I know but, Cal has a lot of shoes. But, but, but it does sure remind that. me, it does... Re- okay, so DJ uh-huh. Collin had a shoe pillow on the Hornets game on Saturday. I did not realize that, so I don't know where I've been, but I appreciate the texture of bringing that up. It does bring me, though, th- to this point. What if it was like Jack Nicholson's foot <laughs> that Lamelo <laughs> Ball stepped on? Because we do have Thomas Davis with the season tickets with the Charlotte Hornets. Oh, that, that, that's the celebrity type of thing. Oh, now I see it. Now I see it. May- oh, yeah, the, the Heat game. Yeah, he, oh, wow. and he also did that because I saw that shoe on the Nike app, and it's coming out soon, so I'm sure he did that because oh, no, he those knew shoes it would are draw amazing, plenty though. of attention. I, okay, it, to, to steal a line from the Jalen and Jacoby show, boss move or soft move with the pillow? <laughs> Because it looks, I mean... Khaled is so extra, but he But it's fire to me, though. Yeah, he has some of the best interviews you ever want to watch. You'll be laughing the whole time. I'm not a big fan of the five, so I'm going to go soft move on that simply because of that. But as far as bringing the attention and doing something that has not been done before, (laughs) and uh, he's done this several times. Oh, he he has a supreme mat. Oh, wow. Khaled is just another level. I mean, he is at another level, but I love it. I appreciate that. Your family. I appreciate that. That's what I like from DJ Collins, 704-570-9610. Let's switch gears. The thing we originally had planned before the update on LaMelo Ball, it was Drake May. I've been talking a little bit now 
about the case for Drake May to win the Heisman. I've done my research here, Wes. Allow me to indulge you, if you will. Let's go. About Drake May winning the Heisman, because I think there's a possibility, right? I, I mm-hmm. think he's putting up crazy enough stats for this to possibly happen for a quarterback that is already the best in North Carolina history. Yes, that includes off of the heels, if you will, of Sam Howe. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. So, so, so what Drake May is doing is preposterous, and so here's what I'm going to discuss. Drake May is four yards shy of 4,000 total yards of offense as we speak. Mm. If Drake May throws for 350 yards a game, rushes for another 50 a game, he'll finish with 5,600 total yards on the season, and that includes the inevitable bowl game. So maybe not who knows what bowl game is coming, but that will include those stats. 50-yard rushings, by the way, it's very conservative given what he's posted the last month of the college football season, 5,600. That would put him eighth on the list of players who have totaled the most amount of yardage in a single season in college football history, eighth. That's ahead of Heisman winner Kyler Murray. It's also knocking Pat Mahomes out of the top ten. So when it becomes more interesting, you look at the top ten, right? May would be only the fourth Power 5 QB ever, the fourth QB ever in the Power 5, to reach the 5,600-yard mark in college football history, that knocks out Bailey Zappi, Colt Brennan, Case Keenum. He did that twice. So Hawaii, Western Kentucky, your Houston's, right? That knocks all those guys out. May moves up to second all-time if you were to remove any QB that played in a Mike Leach offense. <laughs> so if you exclude the Mike Leach quarterbacks, that's B.J. Simons at Texas Tech in 03, Graham Harrell at Texas Tech in 07, okay? Simons finished with an 8-5 and five record, Harrell at 9-4. and four. Simons finished 10th in the Heisman. Harrell finished 4th overall in the Heisman. That leaves just one QB ahead of Drake May on the all-time single-season yardage list. It's Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is the only QB to top 6,000 in a year. Joe Burrow would win the Heisman. Of course, he would win the championship. I think Drake May deserves to win the Heisman. As long as North Carolina doesn't completely flounder down at the end of the season... Drake May putting up 5,600 total yards, which would be fourth, fifth in Power 5 QBs listed in all of college football's history. If you can have a record where you only lose like twice in a season, Wes, I I can't give it to C.J. Stroud. Like, I'm sorry, I can't give it to anybody else if you're putting up historic numbers like that. Man, you make a compelling (laughs) case. And I guess I get caught up in the fact of, A lot of my Heisman guys, again, we keep talking about the moments. They had that signature moment, that signature game where they came through. Even when you talk about the Johnny Manziels, even though they didn't go to the playoffs, he had the Alabama upset that sticks on your mind. And so for C.J. Stroud, I think some things are going to play in his favor down the stretch. How C.J. Stroud performs against Michigan is going to go a long way. C.J. Stroud comes out and lights that game up. Because the thing with Carolina is that he came out of nowhere. Then the games that they've played this season, there's not one that you can truly point out to say, man, that was such a ginormous game against that defense, and he did this. He's lit up everybody he played except early in the game against Notre Dame or when he hit that mid-porch and the offense started to lull. But I think when you look at his Heisman strength of schedule in the grand scheme of things, I think that's what hurts him the most in the mind of the voters and even the fans because sometimes when you think about it, even though he put up all these awesome numbers and not playing in the offense where they throw it 75 times, 
you think to yourself, okay, well, well, what moment do I remember from from his season? And so I think that's what hurts him. And I think next year he will have so many games that will be built up as far as, oh, man, this is going to be a great game. This is a huge game. That's a huge game. Whereas this year, first, he comes out of nowhere as he's putting together his resume. You're not really paying attention to him. Then by the time you do, as I said, some of these ACC foes have gone down by the wayside, especially Clemson losing uh, the game that they did. So if he beats Clemson, it doesn't nearly have that oomph that it would have had. And so I think that's what hurts him. Even though his numbers are fantastic, I just think his Heisman strength of schedule, the lack of a true Heisman moment, I think will ultimately be the reason he does not. It leads to the text line at 704-570-9610. A 980 number wrote in, if Stroud wins out and beats Michigan, making a similar point to what you just said, Wes, doesn't May have to beat Clemson? What is May's signature win? I do think even with all the numbers that I make the case, even if I think that May should win the Heisman, I understand that you have to have that moment. I get it, and actually I think it's kind of good for college uh, football, so I understand that way of thinking. I do think Drake May has to beat Clemson. Oh, no doubt. If if he doesn't beat Clemson, let's say that North Carolina even loses by a field goal. I think that victory matters so much in the minds of voters where Mm -hmm. we can talk about the actual credentials of Heisman voters. I heard Kyle Bailey and Smoke Ludwig talking about this the other day, that there are a lot of people that vote for the Heisman that probably shouldn't be, that don't watch college football Mm -hmm. like that enough to know, hey, Drake May is doing some really special stuff in Chapel Hill, and you're only paying attention to the Michigans, the Ohio States, the Alabamas of the world. But I do understand beating Clemson like that, winning an ACC championship, even if you don't get a top-four spot, to be considered, maybe if you get to a top six, you can do it that way. I mean, Drake May will have finished with more total yardage than Lamar Jackson when Lamar Jackson was in the Heisman uh, was in the Heisman conversation a couple of times, eventually winning one. So I do think if you get top six, that's what could happen with Drake May winning it. But you got to beat Clemson in order to do so. Seven zero four five seven zero ninety six ten. That's the text line. Let's now go back to the studios. Fitty's got another flash for us. What you got, Fitty? We're going to keep it with the quarterback talk, guys, but we're going to transition to the National Football League. And after Monday night's win over Philadelphia, it did appear that Ron Rivera had a decision to make at who was going to be his signal caller as Carson Wentz works his way back from injury. Well, at least for this Sunday, he is sticking with his guy, Taylor Heineke, who was going to start as Carson Wentz is not quite ready to go. All five teams in the NFC East are are 500 or better. Do you guys think that Heineke is a guy that could help guide the commanders into the NFC playoffs? I don't think so. I think the wild card, I just think Washington is a team that I don't believe in overall anyway. And I think Ron Rivera has done a good job of coaching this football team. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's going to have to come from a wild card spot. And we know that even in the NFC, yes, I know that Dallas just lost to Green Bay. I still believe in Dallas more. I definitely believe in Philadelphia more, despite their most recent loss that they just suffered. I do think that Washington eventually finds himself out of the playoffs, whether that's Taylor Heineke or Carson wins playing QB. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, their division alone uh, is just too good. That's going to hinder their case as well. Even though he's doing a great job, these guys keep fighting. They're about to get Chase Young back. But just that division alone, and then when you consider the other teams uh, in the NFC that are on the come up, 
it's just going to be too hard for them to get in there. Giants, Cowboys, San Francisco, those finish right. out the top seven. And then that's where Washington is. I mean, hell, even Green Bay is behind Washington. I know you might not believe in Green Bay, but still Aaron Rodgers, somebody I would believe in. Even still, more so than Taylor Heineke, still Heineke's done a good job when he's filled in for any starting quarterback that's been there in Washington, the former Panther, by the way. That it's the Wes and Walker show. We'll come back at the Charlotte Auto Show with everybody's favorite segment along, of course, with the QB power rankings. We're going to go with fire or fizzle. And since it was such a hot topic at the end of the show yesterday, mm. we're going to go back to sports movies. And then Wes can be the authority on what is a fire sports movie and what is a fizzle sports movie. That's coming up next. Wes and Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. It's Wesson Walker, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. We're out at the Charlotte Auto Show at the Charlotte Convention Center. Started at 12 o'clock today. You can also catch it tomorrow starting at 12 o'clock. Both of these days will go until 9 p.m. If you want to catch it this weekend, you can go on Saturday anytime between 10 and 9 p.m., 10 a.m. to 9 p.m., Sunday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. They've been revving their engines up for the 29th year here at the Charlotte Convention Center. Been going on for a long time. Awesome display of cars. Plus, it's Hero Day, so you get a free entry with ID today to those who have gone above and beyond to honor and serve. That includes the medical community, teachers, first responders, active military, and veterans. They also have an interactive and educational experience to see the latest technology and electric vehicles, too, so you can learn some stuff here at the Charlotte Convention Center. Very cool to be out here, and we appreciate them for having us all here, part of Radio 1 and WFNZ. So, Wes, I want to preface this fire fizzle by saying this. Took it on the chin yesterday at the end of the show. You did. <laughs> yeah, you, you and Fiddy came at me, and I get it. And I think after some self-reflection about when I said most sports movies are bad, mm -hmm. you guys both looked at me disgusted. You didn't even see Fiddy, and you could recognize that there was something off I with him because he was angry. You did. It, yes. it, it, yeah, it was pretty bad. And so as we were going over some of the movies on and off the air, I think a better way for me to have expressed my feelings about sports movies were that I think a lot of them are overrated. Because there are a lot of sports movies that I like. And as a kid, there were a lot of great ones. Yeah. I do think a lot of them are overrated. And I did not say that. <laughs> and I feel like I need to release a statement based off of the yeah. bad take. Yeah, I need man. to get my agent. I need to get my PR company on this and see exactly if I can salvage some of the bad takery that took place at the end of the show. And so what we're going to do is pass the authority on to you for fire or fizzle. And we're going to discuss sports movies that have ever happened. There's the fireman. Let's go. It's Lil Wayne helping us decipher sports movies as well. So, Wes, let me start off with this. It's one that Kyle Bailey came into the studio yesterday and said he likes any given Sunday, but it's really long. It's like almost three hours, and he feels like it's okay to never watch it again. And I feel like he articulated that a lot better than I could about any given Sunday. Let me ask you, though, because this is your segment, when it comes to any given Sunday, is that movie fire or is it fizzle? Let me think. Jamie Foxx, Willie Beeman, steaming Willie Beeman, Al Pacino, a.k.a. Scarface, Cap Rooney. I still think about Cap in the slow-mo 
cinematic shot when he ran out and saluted the crowd. LT, how can I forget? Yeah. <laughs> Fonda took me to see that movie back in the day, and it was absolutely outstanding. About to get and loud. for any given Sunday, that was straight. Fire, I'm in the auto fair, but I don't care who looks at me. It's still a classic. Everybody's watching this now because Wes is excited about any given Sunday. I don't Sunday. care. The next movie we go to to see if we'll still get that kind of attention is Blue Chips. Yeah. Starring Shaq, starring Penny Hardaway, oh. and starting a good old farmer in Indiana that just wanted to track you for his services. Bro. Blue Chips. Wes is a fire official. Listen, I think about Nick Nolte in the speeches. He said the kids are playing hard out there. I, I didn't come here to answer that type of bull. And then he said, sorry, sir. Then I think about Neon Badeau trying to get the SAT right so he could go there. He said that he misspelled his name intentionally and that tests were culturally biased. Mm -hmm. But Shaq dropping the knowledge. Another movie that Fonda took me to see. I didn't understand it then, but it was the precursor to a lot of things we saw happen in college sports. And for that, Blue Chips is straight. Fire people are looking at me yet again, but I don't care. Blue Chips is a classic. That, that, that's the one for me. Any given Sunday is good. I'd probably give that a fizzle, though. But I will say, oh. is it Neon Bordeaux? That's his name, Listen, right? He was playing down there in that pit? Yeah. No, it's a cool oh. scene. But it's just because I love Shaq. All right, let's move on. Let's go on to a children's sports movie that we did not mention yesterday, but you and I did feel it was important to bring up. Rookie of the Year. Rookie of the Year. Henry Rowan Gardner breaking his shoulder, spraining it, whatever, but it allowed him to throw like 120 miles per hour and become a Major League Baseball player. Was all of that fire or was all of that physical? Listen, when I go back to childhood sports movies, this is one of my favorite. Rookie of the year. He developed an arm that would strike out many, including winning the championship for the Chicago Cubs, am I not mistaken? Yep. A franchise that that was in the midst of one of the biggest droughts in sports history. <laughs> and for my man Thomas winning the championship for the Cubs, it was straight fire one of the classic kid sports movies you'll ever watch. Three in a row. Let me switch it up to see if we can get a fizzle. We talked about this one yesterday, and I think we mostly agreed on it. <laughs> Draft Day, not a Kevin Costner movie that will get me yelled at for saying Field of Dreams is not good. Yes. But a sports movie from Kevin Costner that I think some people understand is not good. What say you, Wes Bryant, on whether it is fire or whether it is fizzle? Draft Day, I know Carolina Panther fans out there wish they could have a draft like Kevin Costner did. He traded away picks, then got them all back. He did something back. that... I feel safe to say what never, ever happened in a real NFL draft. And I do watch it from time to time just because it's a football movie, just to satisfy my fix. We have Black Panther in there, linebacker, a.k.a. Chadwick Boseman. But draft day was straight fizzle. You take this stuff oh, and you burn it. Yeah. Too it was, unrealistic. That, Too that, unrealistic. It was, it was really bad. Let's go to a couple more movies. We can't get to them all. I know people are writing in. I'm going to try to get to the most of them as much as I possibly can. But another one we did not talk about yesterday. What about Angels in the Outfield? Oh, my goodness. God's thumbnail. Listen. Angels in the Outfield, Wes. Where are we going? Is it fire or is it straight fizzle when you bring up another children's class? Listen, if you couldn't watch 
Angels in the outfield and keep a dry eye. <laughs> when I believe it was J- JP or Milton Davis. I, I don't oh, know. JP. JP. Yeah. When JP got adopted at the end. <laughs> okay, listen. And then the Angels were doing it. Nobody wanted to see my man Gordon Levitt's vision, a.k.a. Roger Bowman. Nobody saw the vision, but God was out there helping the California Angels, I believe That's they were right. called at the time. Yeah. Yes. And for that, and for JP getting adopted, Angels in the outfield is straight. Fire another classic kid sports movie. What's the better sports movie adoption? Like Mike or JP in Angels oh, in the Oh, like Mike, you bought one out there, but I'm still going Angels in the Outfield. Jonathan Lipnicki, child star. Bow Wow grew up. He was in an orphanage too. He was. He? They were both oh. they both got it. We got a two for one. Same, same. We yeah, got both <laughs> they both got adopted. It's hard to pick. Tracy man. Reynolds, tea time. Yeah, I I think though that Bow Wow wins out because he definitely went from the outhouse to the penthouse. Because he got to live with the NBA star. Yeah. After he got, and adopted. they got to paint on the house too. Yeah. Man. And they so figured out the triangle you can't offense. Beat that. Living okay. in the hills in California. Yeah, yeah, that's not bad. All right, let's go to Major League. Charlie Sheen, good old wild thing. Wild thing. Major League is a fire of his away. Willie Mays Hayes. Tom Berenger, I forget what his character was, but the OG <laughs> catcher that was still chasing. Uh, I forget what my girl is. She was in Lethal Weapon. Wild thing, you make my heart sing. The classic. Jake they, Taylor was. They his came name. back and stuck it to the owner. Major League, Straight Fire, one of my favorite sports movies of all time. Bob Euchre, by the way, makes that Straight Fire too. Oh yes, the Bo- call. Bob Bob Euchre yes. is the one. So let's go to a couple of the mentions on the Garage Door Guru text line. Is there one that you would like to bring up? As we constantly bring, I one we didn't bring up yesterday, the replacements with Keanu Reeves. Coming back from a failed Sugar Bowl performance, they needed heart, Gene Hackman said. <laughs> Was hard enough to get them some fire or fizzle from Mr. Westbrook. Listen, I'm going to keep it a buck. That movie comes on TV all the time. All the time. Never seen it once in my life. Oh, no. Never. What? I'm going to put that on. <laughs> there he is. Yes, I've never seen a replacement. It just didn't strike me as something that I wanted to watch. Okay. Oh, God. We, no, I look, <laughs> me and Fiddy hey, me and Fiddy are going to be on the same side here. I absolutely love the replacements. It is I fantastic. I will watch it the next time especially, it comes Especially on. if I'm saying it, yeah, I can quote that quite. There's plenty of good moments in that movie, so the replacements is great. So we have time for one more. going to try to search the text line. Search and search and one we didn't talk about yesterday. Oh, oh yes, yeah. He got game. Let's go, let's go. Okay, he got game. Jesus Shuttlesworth. Travis Best entering as well. Do you think he got game is fire or is it fizzle? Denzel Washington. Listen, I'm talking about Ray Allen right here. Jesus Shuttlesworth breakout role. <laughs> I'm talking about Rosaria Dawson and that La La that played oh, him in the end. Just that. wanted to, him to go to the NBA. And then Denzel, Jake, trying to get out of prison so he could get with his son. The accidental murder, I guess you could say, of his mother. <laughs> I don't know why. Classic in so many ways. Public Enemy did the soundtrack. Spike Lee. Jesus Shuttlesworth, he got game, straight fire, one of my five favorite sports movies yet again. We're going to end on a fire moment for he got game. That'll do it for Fire Fizzle from Mr. Would West you give me Bryant. one of them orange joints, yo? We got, That's what we, he's got <laughs> we got West Bryant back. It's alongside me, Walker. Male, Fitty, Marlowe helping us back out at the studio. That's Fire Fizzle, but still Link. have a fire Link. last Link. hour. Link. Wesson Link. Walker Show, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. <laughs>